You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hallelujah. God is good. He is God Almighty. There is none like Him. He is full. And we can be empowered today as well so that we are battle ready. We want to be like our Father. There's nothing that can contend with us and win this battle. So we bless your name. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit in this house this morning. Thank you because you are equipping us. You are changing us. We're being transformed to be battle ready. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you. We may be seated this morning. Thank you, Pastor Coffee. That was such an awesome I was saying to uh, Pastor Eric, I said, Pastor Kofi has finished the message. <laughs> what more are we saying? <laughs> He's used the same scriptures. But it's amazing what God is doing. So if there are people still outside, I would like you to just get them in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for a glorious time in your presence. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you are doing. We are being made ready. Amen. I want to make some declarations or just maybe some announcements to you. Yes? This is what God is saying. And this is what he is doing in your life here. And so I want to speak that out. I wrote them down. I want to declare over you, because this is the truth, that someone is going from being weak and feeble, from lacking strength, tenacity, and fortitude, to being strong in the Lord and battle ready. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor Kofi read Psalm 144 verse 1. Blessed be the rock, the Lord my God, my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. So you're going from being weak and feeble, weak hands, the one where the enemy comes and you are quaking. But we are saying today, the Lord is training our hands for war and our fingers for battle. That's what's happening here today. When the enemy comes back thinking it's business as usual, he comes and he finds that you are a different person. You are one who has been trained. You are one who is battle ready. Hallelujah. Someone is going from being Satan's punching bag, from being dominated, to the one who is dominating him. You are going from the one who he has been dominating, to the one who is giving him nightmares. The one when you wake up from sleep, he says she's awake again. When you are battle ready, when God begins to do something in your life, when he begins to fortify you, you go from that one who is weak, you go from that one who the enemy torments to the one who begins to torment the enemy. That is what it means for you to be battle ready. Someone is going from being the victim of the enemy's plot to becoming highly instrumental Listen, the things I wrote here, I wrote as I was given. So if I'm talking to you, you better receive it. Amen. So someone here is going from being the victim of the enemy's plot to becoming highly instrumental in foiling and frustrating the plots of the enemy. Hallelujah. 
Psalm 2 verse 1 says, Why do the heathen rage and the people plot vain things against the Lord's anointed? Amen. Against the Lord and his anointed. Why are you plotting vain things? You are going from that one who the enemy was plotting things and fulfilling what he was plotting against you, against your family, to being the one who comes and says, what, what was the plot? Because the Bible says, why are they raging? Why are they plotting vain things? We were praying into that yesterday. Why are they plotting vain things? Do you know what it means to plot vain things? Listen, you are going from someone who when the enemy is plotting, you are just standing and watching. Because the Bible says that it is in vain. It is in vain that the trap, that the snare is set before a bird. When you are battle ready, when he's setting a snare before you, you are looking and you are thinking this is all in vain. This is all in vain. I want to tell you what it means when you say it's in vain. It means it is useless. You become that person where because you are battle ready and the heathen is raging and the enemy is plotting vain things, you can get up and say, okay, when you finish using all your energy, when you finished using all your resources, when you finished gathering everything and every demon you can gather, it is useless. A vain thing is, it, it is pointless. You become someone when you are battle ready. I'm battle ready. When you are battle ready and the enemy is plotting vain things, you say, all you're plotting is pointless. You know, the Bible says, he that sits in heaven shall laugh. Do you know now I know why he that sits in heaven is laughing? Because when he's watching the enemy plot, he's saying, this is a useless plot. He didn't even get it right. This is hopeless. This is pointless. Can do you want more words? It says, it is to no purpose. When you are battle ready and the enemy begins to plot, you say this plot is to no purpose. So now you are going from that one when he plots against, he gets his way. When he plots, you begin to cry. Oh God, the enemy has come again. Oh I've been praying for the salvation of my daughter, of my son, of my, my father. And, and you begin to cry. No, 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 no. Look at his plotting. Because you know there are times you're praying for someone and they're getting worse. They do more than they were doing before when you started. But you look at it and you say, mm, it's to no purpose. It is what? It is impotent. It is ineffectual. It is profitless. There are people in this house who are battle ready that will make sure the enemy does not profit. People that will make sure. That after he has invested, you know, sometimes just allow him invest. Just watch as he's putting in the money, putting in the resources, gathering his troops. You're praying for someone. You're believing God for someone. And the enemy is making, you know, like, you know, fanning the flames, making the fire hotter. Don't worry. Don't worry. Just allow him put in all the investments. And then guess what? Profitless. When you are battle ready, you become someone who makes sure he does not have profit. Oh. He is unsuccessful and he has misfired. Amen. That is all just telling you about vain, it being in vain. Someone will begin to rule and occupy kingly position because you see it is kings that go to war 
You are no longer going to be that one that sits at home. That cries when the enemy is doing whatever he's doing. You take up your kingly position. When you are battle ready, you begin to know who are you, who you are. I'm a king and I take on my kingly position. I like that um, scripture in Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter 10. It, it talks about seeing an evil under the sun. He says, kings or princes are walking and servants are riding on horses. It is an evil. When you are battle ready and God is changing your position, you begin to dethrone the one who is riding on the horse because he is not supposed to be the one on the horse. When you are battle ready, you know how to take your position, you know how to occupy, and you know how to dethrone. Hallelujah. All right. You are no longer going to be victimized. Amen. Hallelujah. Knowing all this, I need somebody. Somebody, anybody. Now listen, this person is battle ready. She doesn't even know what we're talking about. Stand here, battle ready woman. I need somebody. Anybody. Who is battle ready? Are there more people? Just stand. I need somebody. Anybody. Who was walking beside the horse? Instead of being the one on the horse. Stand up. You can all stand there. You can all stand there. I need somebody who is so battle ready that you begin to praise God. Can I tell you something? To be battle ready is not complicated. We actually think it's complicated. (laughs) To be battle ready is not that complicated. To be battle ready means you have the praise of God as well in your mouth. Is there not a scripture? Is there not a scripture? Hold on, you must be battle ready. I have a few minutes because I'm not the preacher. (laughs) It's Psalm 149. It says, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute on them the written judgment this honor have all his saints praise the lord says let the high praises of god be in their mouth and what and a two-edged sword in their hand. Let the high praise of God. Are there people who can just let out a shout? <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. When I was calling for people, we're we're being battered. You know, this is battle. When I called for you, I wanted to add, if there are people who can say, like Habakkuk said, that although the fig tree may not blossom, if there are people, because let me tell you, you need to understand from what we've read that your praise is a weapon. You need to understand that when you begin to praise, you are getting ready. Why? Because when fig tree does not blossom, when things are not working out as they should, what the enemy expects is for you to be silent. 
He expects you to shut up. He expects you to be defeated. He expects you to go cover yourself duvet day. He expects you not to have a voice because of what he has done. But when you are battle ready, you look in the scripture and you say, let the praises of God, the high praises of God be in my mouth. And the two-edged sword in my hand. When you begin to praise him, when you should not praise him, you know there are those times when we can forgive you for not praising. <laughs> when we say we understand, it's tough. <laughs> Look, we're getting battle ready for souls. But I need to make sure you are battle ready. Yourself. To go out. Amen. Because you can't be going to get souls. You are not complete yourself. When you are battle ready and the enemy has done everything and you get up and you begin to sing and you begin to shout and you begin to celebrate, then sings my soul, my savior, how great thou art. Guess what you are doing? You are cocking your gun. Guess what you are doing? You are pulling out your sword. You are pulling it out and you are saying, let's fight. You are pulling out and you are saying, it's on. It's on. You think you got me? It is on. We are being translated from people who lay down defeated to people who can get up. And who can begin to fill our mouth with praise. Who can begin to celebrate. Who can begin to rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. One more time. Shout to the Lord. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody here has not had a voice for a while. Somebody here has been silenced for a while. But today, your voice is back. That's what we are here for. Today, your voice is back. Why? Because you just begin to celebrate. Your voice has returned. Your voice has returned. In every way he silenced you, listen, there is what will come out of your mouth that will wreak havoc in the kingdom of darkness. And the reason why for a while he silenced you, he's been happy. That he silenced you. He's been rejoicing and throwing parties. That he succeeded in silencing you. And then he actually gained some grounds because he silenced you. But today, we are here to be ready. To be made ready for battle. We are here to gain the ground. And I'm... I'm speaking to you today again, to you who has been silenced. I'm saying to you, as you begin to speak, as you begin to shout out again, you begin to gain the grounds you lost when he silenced you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you can try sit for one minute. I'll just share one scripture and then I'll hand over. 
Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Psalm 110 verse 3 says, Your people shall be volunteer. People shall be willing in the day of your power. Your people shall be willing. Your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power, in the beauties of holiness, from the womb of the morning. You have the dew of your youth. I love the scripture because it says we shall be willing. In the day of battle, your people shall be willing. When soul winners are being enlisted, you shall be a volunteer. When God is looking for the ones to send, you shall be a volunteer. You will say, I am willing. Your people shall be willing. Guess what has been happening to you for a while now? You've been in training. You know that there's some things you're going through without realizing that you were being trained. As that good soldier that you are, you've been enduring some hardship. You've been experiencing some things. He says, as a good soldier, endure. He's been building you up. He's been training you for the day of battle. Training you so that you can be what? Battle ready. Now, I don't want anyone to be scared. You know, you're thinking battle ready. Oh, Father, I, I don't need more warfare. <laughs> you know, there were some memes going around. Some of you sent to, to me. You know yourselves. You know, sending those moons saying, Lord, this year, please, don't enlist me for battles. <laughs> this year, please, you know how we say we are strong in the Lord? This year, I'm not that strong. <laughs> Some other memes saying things like, Lord, have you not tested me enough? Have I not shown that I'm strong? Don't bring any more tests. But he's been testing and preparing. And I want to look at that scripture again that Pastor looked at, and I'll end here, when he was talking about David. That guy had been trained. He had been in training for a while. He had been busy. Now, his training is different from ours. Even though he was only talking about the lion and the bear, I am very sure he still used his, what is that, sling, for birds, for lizards. <laughs> he, 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 he just spoke about the big things. I'm sure he, he, he practiced some small creatures. <laughs> he aimed at some things. He prepared himself. The Lord himself was preparing him until he got to the time when he was going to face this battle. So First Samuel chapter one uh, chapter 17 from verse one i'm going to try read if you just follow me that's the only scripture i'm reading first samuel 17. now the philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at Sokol, where which belongs to judah they encamped between Sokol and Azekah, or Azekah, in Ephes Damin. You know, let's just pretend we know what this is. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together, and they encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in battle array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on a mountain on one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and a valley between them. And a champion came, um, went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of, nail, of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Please just picture him, hey? Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield-bearer went before him. Then he stood, and he cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man 
for yourself and let him come down to me. If he's able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and servers. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. I'm going to stop here. I'll continue. You know what is interesting? This guy, you did not read at all that he pulled out any sword. We didn't read that he, they just described his armor. They described everything he had, but we didn't read that he did anything. But do you know Goliath had been fighting from day one? Every time the enemy opens his mouth and begins to speak to you, he's fighting. 40 days, morning and evening, Goliath kept speaking, kept drawing his sword. They just didn't know that he was using it on them. They just didn't know that he was piercing them, weakening their resolve. They didn't realize all that. And sometimes the enemy begins to speak over and over and over. And if you continue to read, you find that not one great warrior responded. If you are battle ready, it means your mouth is ready to speak. You cannot be battle ready and not respond to the enemy. You cannot be battle ready and the enemy speaks and says, you know what? Ah, your generation is cursed or your generation is doomed and you keep quiet. Just because he hasn't pulled out a sword does not mean he has not been fighting. So Goliath had been fighting for 40 days. He had been very busy. Let's continue. Now David was the son of that Ephratite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse and who had eight sons. And the man was old, advanced in, eight, in years in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons. Okay, I'm going to skip down to verse 16. And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. Then Jesse said to his son David, Take now for your brothers an ephah of dried uh, grain and these ten loaves, and run to your brothers at the camp, and carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers fare, and bring back news of them. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. Is that true? <laughs> they, they were not battle ready. They were in the valley crying amongst themselves. You know that's what happens to us. The enemy is speaking and we're having discussions. And you will see they were having discussions. They were talking to each other. They were not fighting, per se. Where was I? <laughs> Very, uh, all right, so we're going to 20. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to fight and shouting for the battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, uh, in battle array army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then he talked with them. And there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke according the same words. So David heard him or heard them. David what? He heard them. He heard the words that was being spoken. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him. I thought they said they were fighting. <laughs> they were not battle ready. Fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come to defy Israel. So they're talking amongst themselves. And it is 
It shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches and give him his daughter and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? You know what I like about this? When David was asking that question, he was not asking uh, like someone who was like, maybe I can defeat him or not. David knew that whatever price is on his head is mine. And that's why he said, what will be given? Because as for Goliath, it is over. What is the price? Because I am battle ready. I know how to deal with people like him. He's too big for me to miss. I can deal with him. Amen. And the people answered him in this manner, so shall it be done for the man who kills him. Uh, I don't want to read about Eliab and all of that. I want to go down. To verse 32. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For you are a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. So David said to Saul, your servant used to keep his father's sheep when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock. I went it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. When it arose against me, I cut it by its beard and I struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Somebody needs to get angry. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And, the, and Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. I'm not going to read about his armor because pastor read about it. So I'm going to go down again. Verse 41. So the Philistine uh, came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he what? He disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good looking. So the Philistine did what? The Philistine said to David, what was happening again? The Philistine had drawn his sword. The fight had started. The fight had begun. He said to David, hallelujah. Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, finally somebody responds. Finally somebody responds. Finally you respond. Finally, you don't keep quiet when the enemy speaks. Finally, somebody responds. David responded. You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day. And he's reading his future. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Oh, Jesus is Lord. We need to begin to tell the enemy what is going to happen. So when I finish with you, you... <laughs> you know when you've been praying for someone to get saved... And the person seems to be getting worse. You begin to tell the enemy, I see you. But when I finish, when this person gets saved, this one will terrorize you. Just begin to read his future. This one will plunder you. You see this person that you are using to fight. This one that I've been praying for. 
and you are oppressing the more. You see this one that I've been praying for, that I've been speaking to and has been saying, get out of here. This one I've been trying to reach and he says, I'm not interested in your God. You turn back and you go to Satan and you answer, he said, I want to tell you something about this person that I've been praying for. This one is for signs and for wonders. Hallelujah. That is how to be battle ready. You begin to respond back. You begin to speak and tell, I have told the enemy some truths. I have given him some home truths. There are things I have told him that he remembers clearly. There are things that I have told him that he has seen a performance. <laughs> Blessed is she who believed. For, for, for there shall be a performance of those things. I don't care if the devil believes it or not. Once I enforce it, once I enforce it, it is, it is done. Amen. This guy out his sword from the beginning, from when he spoke. And I just want to speak this to us. Two things. First, I said, you need to know how to engage your weapons through praise. You need to know how to engage your weapons through responding back. Through opening your mouth. Not being silent. When the enemy is speaking, speak back. Tell him. And if you read further, and I, I don't want to read further, I don't have all that time. You see the end of the story. He just used his sling and a stone to do the work. Before he did the work, he served his appetizers. He gave him something. He weakened him. He told him what was about to happen to him. He read his future to him. He told him, this is what I would do just now. And he did exactly what he said. And then after that, he took the guy's sword and cut off his head. <laughs> the same sword. He used it to cut off his head. So David, he, I, I, I said to myself, you know, as I was reading this, I said, David, the sword twice. He used it the first time when he spoke. Amen. When he opened his mouth. That the word of God, the Bible says, is quick, is powerful, is sharper than any two-edged sword. Is sharper than any two-edged sword. So the moment you open your mouth and release the word of God. Um, you are battle ready. You are battle ready. The reason why you haven't been engaged in the kind of warfare you should be and winning is because you've been shutting your mouth. As a matter of fact, you haven't actually been shutting your mouth. You've been speaking amongst yourselves and crying like the armies of Israel. You've been having pity parties. You know when you have your pity parties, you call each other. You find people of like mind and, and like experience. <laughs> and you come together and you cry. And the other one says, my, my, mine is worse than yours. Uh, and you compare notes and you decide who is worse. Uh, can I begin to see people who will come together and say, let us lock shields and let us fight and let us defeat the enemy. Some years ago, as I closed, the Lord gave me a vision when I was praying. In fact, it was a vision of the night and I woke up and I prayed. And in that vision, I saw it was like the enemy and let me say me, was a person that I'll use me just because it was a glorious ending. <laughs> okay, it wasn't that glorious, but I'll explain. And I saw, and I was holding a rope. The person was holding a rope. On the other side of the rope was the enemy. And this enemy was fighting for trying to drag what belonged to the person. It didn't belong to the enemy. It belonged to the person. And he was fighting, trying to drag it. And the believer was praying and speaking. And as he was praying and speaking, this is what was happening. The enemy was doing that. 
You know what the Bible says? The prayer of the righteous avails much. It has much power. All right? Effective. It is fiery. The red hot prayer of the righteous man avails much. The fiery prayer. And so as the fiery prayer was going on, the enemy was like, ah, mm, mm. but guess what? He was still holding it. <laughs> and continued. And the prayer continued. And then he started losing his grip. 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 The effect of that prayer, he started losing his grip. And as he was losing his grip, just at the last, just a little more, the believer just said, I'm just tired. And let go. And guess what? The enemy grabbed it back and took complete control. I want to tell you something. If you are ever in a fight that you feel you cannot fight alone, go and get somebody else. Learn how to battle together. Learn how to lock shields with someone else. So that when you are getting tired, the other person can take over. And say, we're not letting go. We're not letting go. You're praying, you're believing God for a soul. We're not letting go. The Lord said to me, when you come in here, you need to dislodge. Dislodge everything the enemy has placed, put in place, established, situated, foundated, rooted lives of people, not just in their lives, in this, in our community, in this nation. The things that hinder people from hearing and receiving the gospel of Christ, they are things that are firmly rooted and he says they need to be dislodged. You need to remove it. You need to pull it out. You need to cause it to be unstable. You need to shift it. You need to move it out of the way. That's what we're supposed to do. So if we are battle ready, if we are people who are ready to fight, if we are people who know that as kings and as priests unto God, we can open our mouth and we can begin to decree a thing and it is established. We know that as we begin to speak, the words that come out of our mouth is like a sword. It begins to execute vengeance on the enemy. If we know that we're people, as we begin to speak, we begin to dislodge things, then we will get up on our feet right now. And we begin to pray. Hallelujah. We get up now. I want us to pray because we are contending. Listen, as for being battle ready, you are battle ready. Who is not yet battle ready? Are you battle ready? Yes, we're battle ready. So now use your sword. Begin to speak. We want to begin to speak into this community, into Midrand. We want to begin to declare that this land belongs to God. We are speaking into every household in Midrand. We are speaking salvation in the name of Jesus. Are you hearing me this morning? We need to begin to declare that this land belongs to God. This people belong to God. These souls belong to God. Begin to rescue them. Rescue the perishing. I don't know where you are from. Maybe you want to begin to pray for the people you know your loved ones whoever you want to pray for begin to declare right now in the name of Jesus dislodge everything that has stood that has established itself in their lives right now in the name of Jesus come on I want you to pray Jesus Mighty God, we bless your name. We give you praise. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, we don't negotiate with the enemy. You understand? Yeah. We insist. We don't beg him. We don't use kids' gloves. 
when we're dealing with him, we must take it by force. Hallelujah. We're dealing with the mother of all battles. So that's that. But before, before anything, I want, if, if you're a pastor, if you're a pastor, any church, just come and stand here. We're going to, and Pastor Ryan, yes, please come forward as well. Stand. Stand, stand here. Face that, yeah. Now, um, when I was acknowledging pastors, I didn't acknowledge Pastor Ryan and Jess, but let me tell you this. There is, there is a supernatural opening. Hallelujah. On that campus. Amen. And for all the, all the pastors here, we're going to pray for a release. We're going to pray for every resistance. The souls that they are supposed to reach. In Bremley, in Kempton Park, in Midrand, in Midrand, Midrand Campus, we are insisting, yeah. hallelujah, we don't, say we don't negotiate with the enemy. We compel him to obey. We compel him to release his captives. Rosani, come forward. Hallelujah. Yes. We have got, we, we want to, things have, the wheels are turning. Jonathan said the wheels are turning. The wheels are turning. Amen. Yes. So we are insisting. Hallelujah. You know, the enemy has fought this church like like no other. Some of you might not know, but I'll just give you a little snippet. There was a time we were like, our campus ministry alone was almost 200 students, correct? Yeah, yeah, it was 200. Yeah. Yeah, or more, yeah. You know, we were robbed. The enemy came and used one strategy to just whoosh, like that. Amen? Pastor Johnny came all the way from Kenya. The enemy has fought. He has fought them and their ministry like I mean, this is a man of prayer. We pray together. We were praying, contending for Midran together. And for this nation together. You see, and I'm saying this for a reason. So that we know it is, the battle is real. Don't someone say the battle is real. It's real. It's real. Okay? But we are stronger. Amen. Kempton Park, the enemy fought as well. It, and when I say he fought, it's not that he has stopped fighting. Do you understand? The battle is still on. Yes. But, <laughs> yeah, after these powerful words, I mean, my goodness, it's real. And we are battle ready. So we're going to contend for the souls. Amen. Every nation, Bremley, from 
Alex to Bremley. The enemy also fought. He fought. So now, and we're not glorifying him. I just want you to know, because one of the strategies of battle is that you don't underestimate your enemy. That's the mistake many Christians make. They underestimate their enemy. Okay? So you need to assess him properly. And know that he is vicious. So you can't be pretending when you are dealing with him. Hallelujah. Yeah. And evangelist is here. <laughs> How many times have we done training, engaged training, God test training, Jesus at the door training, equipping, equi how many times? Putting in effort, going out weekly, talking to people everywhere, training and training. We can't even count. What is happening? The enemy is fighting. He's putting up a resistance. You heard that illustration that my wife gave. Even though there is fire, he's still holding. He's, 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 he's hitting him, but he's, he's, he's not letting go. He's not letting go. But unfortunately, Christians give up. Before his grip is totally broken, we give up. And that's what gives him the advantage that he doesn't deserve. So it stops today. Turn to someone and say, it stops today. It stops today. Hallelujah. So we're going to pray. We are the body of Christ. We are the representatives of Christ here. We are authorized by heaven. We are ambassadors of Christ. We are kings and priests. We have too much authority, too much power. So we're going to use it. We're going to release it over these churches. We're going to release it over this. this. We're going to release, release the fire over, over the campuses, over the city. Over. We're going to release right now. So stretch your hands to them and pray. Just begin to pray right now in the name of Jesus. Lord my God, we declare a change right now. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Right now, we release, we command a release, we command a fresh release, fresh fire, new glory, new anointing, open doors. We release the captives. We break every resistance. With brutal force. With brutal force. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We release these churches. Oh Lord my God. We release. We command the harvest to be released. In the name of Jesus. Every contention over this work. Ceases right now. In the name of Jesus. My Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Yeah, we release the fire. We release the fire. In the name of Jesus. I command a release right now. In the name of Jesus. It opens. The floodgates open. In the name of Jesus, it opens. In the name of Jesus, we bind every prince, we bind every king, we bind them with chains, we bind them with fetters. In the name of Jesus, the Bible says that a strong man guards his house. His goods are secure. But when a stronger than he comes, he binds him. So we bind you. As a king and as a priest in God's kingdom, I bind you. I bind every prince. I bind every ruling power. I bind every opposing force. 
In the name of Jesus. We release the captives. We release your captives. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. From now on, we will begin to see people will respond to the gospel. In the name of Jesus, salvations will happen with greater ease. Every defense against them is removed. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. Amen and amen. Well, we have engaged. Amen. Don't ever forget we're not negotiating with the enemy. Yeah, I'm not going to preach. I'll preach tomorrow. Okay, yeah. But let me share this testimony. This is real life story. My dad, he, he used to be a Muslim. And some of you have heard me share this before. Each time I tried to preach to him, it was civil war in the house. Civil war. And he would say to me, keep your religion to yourself. Leave me alone. But as a family... We believe in the power of prayer. My mom told us from when I was like as young as I could remember that God told her that he's going to come back. He left us, but then he came back. You know, but several times I met him, he refused to, to give his life to Christ. So we started praying. We prayed for him. We would pray. Sometimes we would fast. We would pray and we would fast. For years we were praying. And one time, my mom was praying at night for him. And while she was praying for him, Satan walks into the room and says to her, stop wasting your time. He's mine. After, after she, she said, she, she called us, she said, he, it's almost over. Intensify. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we began to pray more. We added fasting. Intensified. Amen. That resistance was broken. That resistance was broken. Do you know that when it was time for him to be saved, nobody preached to him. Nobody preached to him. He just, he just got up and said, I'm tired of Islam. I've given it all my life. It has done nothing to me. It has done nothing for me. I need Jesus. And that's how he came back home. Amen. Continue. Turn to someone and say continue. Continue to engage. Continue to contend. Don't give up. Hallelujah. A, a soul is the most costly thing on earth. 
So when you are fighting for a soul, don't give up. Continue. Continue to contend. Hallelujah. If anybody should give up, it should be the enemy, not you. The power of prayer broke the devil's backbone over my, my dad. He came. Received Jesus. And when he started seeing the, 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 the reality of the gospel, each time he would cry. He would be saying, I wish I had known this when I was your age. I say, it's better late than never. I wouldn't have messed up my life like that. But you are forgiven now. Amen? So, keep standing. Are you praying for somebody? Do you have people you are praying for? Don't give up. Continue to pray for them. Continue to declare. Continue to speak God's word over them. Amen? Eventually, Satan will let go. In fact, today, some have been released already. They have been released already. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, they will come. Amen. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We give you glory, praise, and honor. Thank you, Father, for what you have released in this house. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for making your people battle ready. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for strengthening your people. Thank you for equipping your people. Thank you for empowering your people. Thank you, Father, for fresh vision. Thank you for fresh fire. We thank you. We give you praise. I declare each and every one here a major threat to hell. Yes. <laughs> From today, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Oh, karaboste kerubo. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Just pray in tongues a bit. Just, just, just. Libra da basokaba. Mondalaba. Zola balere besokaba denebo. Zona manene mesokaba. Brodaba. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Quero do bujigere de bejo coro topo chacarada bajagara da bajigere de be nete peche quere te peche quere te peche que quero topo chocoro topo chocoro na paca na topa chacara tapa chacara tapa chaki quero topo chigere te bejo coro topo já macarata pachacara tapa chacara na ma nedo bojo coro topo jogoro do bujogi quero topo jogoro topo chocoro topo cá na topa chacara tapa chacara tapa chaga neto rosto quise que nete bejegue no se quito poche quiere tepo chocorotopa, nato pasha cara tapa chacarata pasha aquí, quiero topo si quiere te beso goro topo ca. Amen. Hallelujah. We have come to the end of, I don't want to say the end of our service, the end of today. Amen. Part one, thank you. The end of part one. So we're going to take up an offering for souls. Amen. As we close. Obviously, you're giving it and it's, it's coming to this church. But I'd like to believe that you're here because you believe that however we might steward what you give will be in the direction that God leads. Amen. So whatever you give today, this is being used to advance the kingdom to reach souls. That's what this whole conference is about. 
the, today's offering. So think of it, I guess, give some thought to what would you like to give towards souls being reached? Whatever that amount looks like to you. The ushers will be coming around in a moment. Hallelujah. Okay. While you are... Okay. So the ushers will be, be handing around the offering, offering baskets. Sure. I just want to check the... So we are here again, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. So we have had... Maybe I can say two and a half... We've had two and a little bit of our preaching lineup for this weekend. There's one more, there's one more lineup that's going to finish it out tomorrow. Hallelujah. Okay. So if you want to check out, if you want to check out the stream or you want to check out today's the, the video of today, you can go to soflix.net. S-O-F-L-I-X.net. It was streamed on Soflix. It'll be streamed, obviously, again tomorrow, but it was streamed on Soflix today. So if you want to catch the recording, please go in there and have a look at it. Hallelujah. Tomorrow, 9 a.m. till 12.30. Sure. So much to say, but so little time. Um, we're closing now, but I guess the last thing I want to leave you with is they always talk about the, the last day being the grand finale. I mean, if I had to think of what's been packed into today, I mean, we've had one morning till lunchtime. I don't know about the rest of you, but I know as I was sitting there. Um, oh, yeah, I know as I was sitting there. So much took place. Hallelujah. Transformation. Transfiguration. I mean, that's what we've been praying for. Um, just while I close, so if you want to give um, via SnapScan, the ushers will have a, a SnapScan card. You can obviously scan that if you want to give via SnapScan. It's an app you download quickly and you can, you can scan. The ushers will have the card. So... So much has been packed into such a small amount of time. I think only God could do that. I, I can't believe This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.